Welcome back to the Host by Tori show, and thank you for bearing with me last week. Uh, it is Thursday, and we have an interesting episode for you all about toxins. So Heidi Kumjohn is on the podcast. Heidi is a content marketer with a passion for non-toxic living and helps better-for-you brands strategically market to increase their product sales. She also has a niche online community where she makes non-toxic living easy and accessible for all. And the reason Heidi entered this line of work was from healing her body from a complex environmental illness. So she's launched a skincare brand, a one-on-one health coaching practice, a podcast that I was recently on, and then also a content marketing consultancy. Heidi is passionate about educating individuals on the importance of a non-toxic lifestyle, and we get into that in this episode and also how that relates to alcohol. I learned a lot and am rethinking a lot of the brands that I'm using, and I think you will too. So with that, let's dive in. Heidi, tell us a little bit more about your story, the symptoms that you started to feel when you went off to college, and really what inspired you to take a more holistic approach to your health. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, Tori, and always down to share my story. It's it's a long one, so I'm going to try to give the Spark Notes version of it, but essentially, I grew up in a household that was into holistic health and natural health. Um, so that what does that mean? Like, what do you, what does it mean when you say your family and like like household was into that? Yeah. Okay. So my mom was mainly into it. So okay. picture a mom in the two thousands who has a juicer who's juicing wheatgrass. That's weird. Like no one was juicing back then. Yeah. She's buying different herbal supplements. She's taking me to um, get muscle tested by these different practitioners. She ends up taking me to an acupuncturist when I started experiencing some different symptoms in high school. So like my mom was my biggest inspiration and really educator around like the holistic and natural ways to healing. So when I went off to college, I started experiencing some of the craziest symptoms ever that were hard to describe and were so debilitating. So three weeks into college, I woke up one day and I felt like I couldn't breathe normally. I felt that way for three and a half years every day with no breaks. Um, Was it just like a, like, you can't take a deep breath or like what, I know you said it was hard to describe it, but like, what did it feel like? Yeah, it was a, a tightness in my chest and the shortness of breath that was so intense that literally every time I inhaled, it felt like it wasn't going deep enough. So I, Mm -hmm. people, when they say the phrase, oh, just take a deep breath, like relax, take a deep breath. I, I couldn't take a deep breath. So I was breathing. I was normal according to Western doctors and lab tests, but I knew something was super off because I felt it deeply in my body and in my soul. And so I had to go back to my roots of my mom's roots rather of this holistic mindset and figuring out what is the cause of this and what are some natural things that I can try to, you know, get over these symptoms and also get an answer. So 
through those um, three and a half years, and I'll share what happened at that three and a half year mark in a second, I was going to college and just trying to get by, get good grades, have somewhat of a social life. But I was dealing with this, this incredibly difficult breathing problem, which was only one of the, the problems. I also was dealing with neurological symptoms. Um, I had things present that felt like seizure-like symptoms, electrical shock, shock sensations in my body, tingly sensations, and then just the, the, the more basic stuff of difficulty, word finding, brain fog, fatigue, hormonal imbalance. Were you like nervous and scared like when you were having all this and when did you go to a bunch of just different doctors and they couldn't figure out what was wrong? I am somewhat of a hypochondriac and so when anything is wrong, I tend to really kind of like freak out and think of the worst and like want to go to a doctor immediately. So like when you were going through that period of having all of these symptoms, what what were you feeling? Yeah, I was a wreck. I was a wreck because I also struggled with um, hypochondriasis and anxiety. So I think doctors actually use that to their advantage mm -hmm. when I would. So I ended up having to take a semester, my second semester of freshman year, I went back home. I did school kind of remotely, thankfully. And I did end up going, getting to go back to the college that I really wanted to go to, thankfully. But during that semester when I was home, I was seeing different doctors, trying all these different things, um, Western things, you know, different right. medications, different. I did CAT scans. I had cameras up my nose and down my throat. I did like breathing chambers where they put like a challenge gas for you to breathe. Like I tried literally everything, but I to answer your question, I was really anxious. I was really now in this cycle of, okay, something physically is going on. And that's like making me anxious and more scared. And then when you're feeling anxious and scared, that actually makes symptoms worse. Right, anxiety right. can lead to symptoms. So doctors, I think, you know, kind of used it as a band-aid. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So they said, you're just anxious you know, you're, you should really be on antidepressants or, you know, you should try different psychological things. And, you know, I was open to everything and I, I tried all that, but nothing that, that wasn't it. That literally wasn't it. So to, when I got to that like three and a half year mark, it was winter break of, oh my gosh, senior year. And my mom had this book and highly controversial, um, but it was the Medical Medium books by Anthony William. And the reason that those books, reading that was so pivotal for me was because in that book for the first time in years, or first time ever, I felt hope. And I felt like there was potentially an answer to the reason to the way I was feeling. And that was because in his book, he, he was talking about different toxins like heavy metals, EMFs, mold. And then he was listing out different symptoms. And I was like, whoa, that's the first time I'm seeing and writing how I'm feeling. 
Wow. And so it kind of gave me like this intro point of being able to direct my research further because this was, this was how many years ago now? Over five years ago. And when I first had these symptoms, that was nine years ago. So yeah, there was not a lot out back then about toxins, about mold, about anything. Now it's slowly becoming mainstream, but even now there's still not a lot out. So I then was able to target my research a little bit more, try some different like protocols that I came up with myself and I ultimately healed myself. So, so, okay. That's a lot. That's also amazing (laughs) that you were able to, I mean, it's crazy that you went your entire college, you know, time feeling sick, which is insane because college is this time too, where you want to be really enjoying yourself and being with friends and you were stressed and anxious and, and had things that made you feel like physically ill. Um, so you read this book, you want to dive into more research on toxins. What was your approach here? Was it super extreme? Was it a gradual starting to remove toxins? Where did you find the most success in terms of like where you were actually removing them? Yeah, the approach I think was, I would say it was pretty gradual because I did start like switching over products before I had read that book. And I don't know why. I think I just was genuinely interested in more natural products. I didn't understand chemicals yet Mm. per se and what they did to the body, but it was almost like this intuition that I knew I should be choosing more non-toxic products. So I was already kind of switching out products. But when I read that book, after I read that book, I go a little bit more hardcore into my nutrition and detox protocols, which is a word I think that some people have trouble with hearing, but having a, a detox, targeted detox is something I truly do advocate for. Advocate what does that for. mean? So that means if you if someone is going through, let's say, a chronic illness like mold illness or Lyme, or maybe they had a parasite exposure, then a strong detox period is warranted because your body is under so much stress So, and it's not balanced. So it's bringing in different lifestyle, um, hot lifestyle techniques to kind of boost your detox because your body is like overly burdened right now. So adding in things like maybe some liver supporting herbs like Mm. dandelion tea or supplementing with NAC or glutathione or doing things like an infrared sauna or a uh, Epsom salt bath or a castor oil pack. Like there's these different things that help promote detoxification in your body. It opens up the detoxification pathway. So that's what I was doing. I was dabbling in it, but it, it, it did take a little bit of time because I was new to this. I had to try things out. I was a guinea pig with all that. So So what were the main changes that you made where you felt like you actually started to see a difference? Was it because I know you talk about toxins and so many different things, whether it's like your clothing, your food, um, things that are more wellness, like an infrared sauna or the, the Epsom salt bath. So what were the changes that you felt like made the biggest difference? 
I think one of the biggest things was just improving and, and I'm sharing this too, because I think this would be really helpful for the audience and that is improving your indoor air quality. So mm. that can literally come down to, okay, what cleaning products are in your home? What personal care products are in your home that are actually releasing VOCs, even though they're sealed up? For example, if you go down the aisle in the laundry aisle in Target, everything's hermetically sealed, but for some reason you can still smell things. So that that shows that VOCs are still being released. And VOCs, that just means volatile organic compound. It just means like toxin, okay? Um, so improve thinking about improving your indoor air quality. And I was able to do that through changing out products, investing in an air purifier, testing my living environment for mold. There's different tests like the Ermi and the Hertz me test. It's a terrible name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's H-E-R-T-S-M-I. Okay. But those are like ways to check the quality of your air, um, even like opening up windows and yeah, looking at your furniture. There's a lot that you can do, but like those little baby steps of, okay, how can I improve my indoor air quality? Do I have a mold issue? Am I feeling different symptoms? I don't want people to get freaked out where they're like, oh my God, like I think there is mold in my house. But if you don't have symptoms, like try not to stress because then stress becomes a talk. Yeah. What are So what are the biggest symptoms there in terms of like mold or just generally having more toxins, you think? Yeah, I would say as far as mold, because mine was mold was kind of like what sent me over the edge. Um, With mold symptoms, one really big one is respiratory symptoms. A second really big one is neurological symptoms, like especially um, I would say fatigue and brain fog and like confusion. Some people have like really crazy stuff too, like um, they begin to hallucinate or they feel really, really out of body. There can be, this is, this was really interesting. One of the telltale um, symptoms of mold, because there can be so many, is electrical sensations in the body that are hard to describe. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I had that. So if people are feeling like weird, like electrical sensations, maybe like a shock-like or seizure-like symptom, it's worth looking into mold. That's really interesting. Yeah. So as a piece of this and like nutrition, and I kind of want to talk more about that, but what you're ingesting in your body, what you're putting on your body, everything everything you're doing for that can be – there can be toxins in it. And so – when we, t- when we think about alcohol, what did your relationship look like with it before this transition and after? Were you a more casual drinker? And I think now you uh, don't drink as much. Was that related to this? But tell me a little bit about the kind of relationship with alcohol and then also what you've looked into from a toxins perspective with alcohol. I love this question, um, mainly because I've I think I told you, I haven't really talked about this a lot. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's so. crazy too because like everyone promotes – or not everyone. I shouldn't make that generalization. But there are so many wellness people and podcasts and content out there 
when you see someone waking up, working out, healthy breakfast, uh, going and getting their 10,000, like that, that, that girl TikTok, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're doing all these things and then they're having the skinny margarita when they're, they're having the spicy skinny margarita when they go out, they're going out with friends and the alcohol is a piece of that lifestyle, but it is literally poison. So mm-hmm. it's just so interesting to me that kind of contradictory view out there. Yeah. So I'd love your take. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So my relationship with alcohol, like before and and after, before slash during and after. So I was starting out college. I went to the biggest party school in the Where'd nation. Where'd you go? I went to the University of Wisconsin in oh, okay. Madison. Yeah. So big party school. I was in the party dorm. I honestly, like, I don't know. I was young and dumb, I guess. Like, you're just at that age where you're like, oh, I want to party. I want to go to frat parties. Well, it's not, it's not dumb. It's just like, that's the, that's the lifestyle. You know, it's like, that's just is what it is, you know? Yeah. And you want to make friends. Like you want to fit in. You're just finding your way. You're not really mature yet. Um, or you're maturing rather. So Mm -hmm. I was, partying. Um, and I definitely think that that contributed to like the stress amount on my body, like starting out college with this mold exposure in my dorm room, which I later found out the eating food that was maybe had pesticides in it. And I grew up eating organic food and then staying up late stress of leaving home and then the stress of drinking. So I was definitely drinking and partying. I wasn't as crazy as a lot of the people that I went to school with, but it was like a thing where I was going out a lot, uh, especially that first few weeks until I started feeling really bad. And then it, and then it was tapered off because I was going home every weekend then mm-hmm. first semester, which felt really lame, but I, I didn't want to go out and party because I wanted to feel better and figure out what was going on. So then I, when I do come back to the university, still dealing with all these symptoms, I, I wanted to have, try to like have a normal college experience. So I would go out and drink, um, probably one or two nights of the week, which is still less than a lot of people. But looking back, it's, I'm not like very proud of that, but it was a big part of my story. I actually ended up meeting my fiance out at a bar. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's totally funny because we're just like not like party people at all, but it happened the way it happened. So, so anyways, then when I start finding out more about toxins and it's senior year now, and I'm going kind of harder into detox, like I'm drinking significantly less. I'm drinking um, what I find it at the time to be like cleaner options. You know, tequila water was like my go-to because um, I don't like carbonation. So like – Oh, you I, don't? No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't live without sparkling water. I'm that funny girl who just likes still water. So I would I would drink like still – water with tequila and lime. And so it like started getting like cleaner and less frequent. And then like, you know, I, I'm feeling better because I'm doing a lot of different things and alcohol just slowly becomes like less and less of my life. And was where that I'm- because you looked into the toxin profile and 
you were incentivized because of that to not drink as much? Or was it just like a drinking doesn't make me feel good. I'm trying to figure out my health problems. So I'm going to cut back on that. I think it was a little bit of both, but more from the perspective, like the second one you mentioned, and my perspective of understanding the liver detoxification pathways and how liver, um, I'm sorry, how alcohol truly is a, a poison and a toxin in the body. And so I, I realized that I'm, I had been going really low tox with a lot of things in my life and I was feeling better and I, you know, just didn't want to have alcohol that much because I did see it as a toxin. And, you know, now I am not so rigid per se, but I drink very seldomly and very, very intentionally with like the quality of the alcohol that I drink. Yeah. Okay. So two questions there. One, talk to us more about the liver impact from alcohol to the extent that you can. And yeah. the second being, um, what do you classify as more, quote, clean alcohol or you kind of said just um, the quality of alcohol. So like, how do you differentiate there? Okay. So I'll, I'll try to answer to the best of my ability, especially the like liver component. So the liver has two different detoxification pathways, but in layman's terms, the liver is responsible for detoxification and keeping your body in balance. It helps with the production of bile and bile is, um, probably a pretty gross thing to talk about, but it's what binds to your poop and it binds to toxins. So um, when drinking alcohol, that puts an incredible stress on the liver as we, we've all heard. But if you're dealing with an illness, especially a chronic illness, your liver is already weakened, mm -hmm. especially, I mean, there's a lot of women too with hormonal problems. A lot of hormonal problems are stemming from overburdened livers. So um, the liver is just really responsible for, for cleansing and uh, you need to like make sure you're going to the bathroom regularly, especially if you are um, a drinker. Uh, I What is know, regular? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go there. So I would say <laughs> two to three times a day, like Pooping is what? pretty like ideal. Okay, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I I'm mean, not, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of people aren't, but ideally, people should be going to the bathroom kind of like after every big meal. That's so um, interesting. Yeah. It, that's interesting, just as a quick pivot, because I just got a dog and she's on the schedule where after every time she eats, that I take her out and make sure she goes to the bathroom after like kind of 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. And so I've been noticing and it's been pretty regular, which has been great. Um, yeah. But like af after every single time she's going, which yeah. I think is like a good digestion. Great. No, like, um, absolutely great. I was going to mention like a dog. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just so interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, if I mean, people listening, like don't stress yourself out too much, but I, I would and I used to work as a health coach. Um, I would be concerned if someone is not going at least once a day. 
Yeah. Um, because what happens then is those, those toxins then get reabsorbed into your bloodstream and they start finding different parts of your body to go to. And toxins, uh, a lot of them are lipophilic, which means fat loving, which means they store into fat. So, mm-hmm. for example, with the mold illness being very neuro, neurotoxic, the brain is a, I believe it's, I forget the exact percentage, but it's a majority of your brain is actually fat. So when there's these toxins getting reabsorbed into your body, they're not going out your detoxification pathways, they're finding fat. So they're leaching into the brain, they're hanging out in the brain, they're hanging out in different fatty areas. Maybe some people are experiencing, they're feeling a little heavier and a little more sluggish. Maybe they are gaining weight. Not that it's about weight, but like those toxins, they like fat. So um, why do you think that this isn't talked about that much? Meaning that I think people talk about so many other aspects of wellness and no one's talking about the liver. No one's talking about alcohol related to the liver. Um, at least I don't see it as much. Like, like, why do you think that there isn't as much? Maybe it's like education or awareness on it. Yeah, I think... Is it because alcohol is so social or... I don't know. I feel like it's not sexy. It's just... I mean, it's not. Yeah, that's true. Like me talking about poop and bile and detox pathways. I mean, it's like super sexy and cool to me, but I'm not like... I'm in the minority there. Um, But yeah, I feel like it's just not talked about for... I feel like there's a lot of reasons. So, I mean, I'm trying to think like... It's, okay, so when you when you look at the different alcohols quality wise, yes, where like what are you looking for? Because I don't want to say to everyone here like you should never drink alcohol again. Like that's not approachable for a lot of people, right? Yeah, um, it's more just bringing awareness to this concept. And so if people are looking for a more quality option or something that is a little bit cleaner, what have you noticed? is quote better yeah so first of all i agree with you 100 percent. i mean it was my birthday last week like i definitely happy birthday thank you i had some some alcohol but what i what i am looking for as i'm an ingredient snob so i'm looking for transparency which is have you done an episode on this yet like transparency in the alcohol industry because i would love to I love like learning more about that myself. No, but I listened to um I don't I can't remember which episode of yours, but you were talking about different chemicals in just like brands and what it says on the back of labels and what I've noticed and I think you talked about this but maybe when you look at the back of a alcohol like list it there is not first off there's not a lot of like information on it. Right. Um And then also, and I've actually noticed it in some of the NA brands too, which I would love to hear your view on, but like the natural flavors or Mm. like like what are these things? And I don't think a lot of people know what these words mean. And to your point on transparency, I think it's really difficult because – it, it's not it's not easy for just like someone to pick it up and understand what is going into their body and like why isn't that more regulated right right it's it's wild I, I have a, a lot of thoughts there so to to finish up like answering what I'm looking for um, I I am looking for transparency I'm 
which is very hard to find. Um, so a lot of times it's doing research with brands, it's emailing manufacturers, it's like getting wow. super granular to get the, that information. And there are some good brands out there that do list all of their ingredients. Like I'm thinking of like June Shine. Okay. I don't drink a lot of that, but I, I do appreciate that they started out because they wanted to bring transparency to the alcohol industry. So they have all their ingredients listed out in the front. And in the alcohol industry, you don't have to list ingredients, which is wild to me because yeah. people, yeah, there's a thing called mega purple. Have you heard of that? No, but okay. it doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. And it's a whole other conversation. I, I mean, maybe with a true expert on on wine and additives, but from what I know about it, Mega Purple is a color additive made out of God knows what that is used in a great percentage of red wines and mainly wines in the U.S. and a lot of times in cheaper wines because it adds that deeper color, mm -hmm. um, which makes it seem more like, I don't know. It makes it seem more sophisticated or like yeah. higher quality. Yeah. I've heard that pe I've heard that red wine does get dyes added to it, which is and bonkers. Dyes are wild because I personally, I, I do avoid dyes in the food that I consume because of what I know about dyes. For example, red dye 40, which is in a lot of different things, is linked with a whole host of, of problems. Recently, it's it's been in the news a lot for its link with ADD and ADHD. So there's all these kids eating candy and, um, you know, red dyed cereals and stuff, and they can't focus in school and they're finding out it's from the red dye. So anyways, if I'm going to be drinking some some wine, I really want to know what it's it's made out of. And while it's hard to figure this out, you can reach out to manufacturers. I also really, really love and trust. Uh, it's called Dry Farms. Yeah, Dry wine. Farm Wines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I trust them with alcohol because I've, I've heard the founder. I know that we're very aligned on the ingredient side of things, the health side of things. Um, and they source from small farmers, people who take it really seriously, mainly in Europe. So even if I don't have a, a natural wine at my disposal, like when I was out to dinner for my birthday, I went to an Italian restaurant. I knew that all of their stuff was imported from Italy. I feel better drinking that. Even though maybe I can't read the full label, I just have a little bit more peace because I think well, Italians appreciate the quality more. They have higher standards there too, right? Like you always yeah. hear of people saying, when I go, I'm gluten-free or I'm dairy-free, but when I go to Europe, I'm fine eating that or even drinking as much and not getting hungover. And I think it's because they have just higher standards over there and like huh. the approvals are a little bit different, but it's such an interesting concept. I think that's also a kind of good takeaway to an extent around imported from a place like Europe where it is treated maybe a little bit better, you can expect that it is maybe yeah. a, a bit more uh, quality in terms of the product. Yeah, there are some countries in particular that are very, very serious and have high standards for human health and the quality of the product. And one is Italy. And I think the other is 
France, but don't quote me on it. I, I'm just a sucker for Italian wine, but yeah, definitely look into what the other country is because there are a few that are like super, super serious and the Italians are obviously very passionate and serious, but I want to mention natural flavors. Because yes, please. Brought up natural flavors. So natural flavors are really murky. It's a super murky term that can mean a bunch of different things. Natural flavors are essentially in flavor enhancing ingredients that originated from nature. That doesn't mean that they can't be chemically manipulated into something totally different, which is usually the case. For example, they could take one thing that was in the news, and I'm going to just share this because it's like soundbite quality, I guess, but they, the flavoring for vanilla, one of the sources is the gland of the anal gland of beavers. And so it's from nature because it's from an animal, but now it's chemically manipulated into this new thing, vanilla flavor. And I'm not saying vanilla extract, like from a vanilla bean, but there's all these different flavor additives and different things. Um, so natural flavors has gotten, I think it's allowed brands to get away with being really shady and hiding ingredients. So if they want to add a certain chemical to, let's say, even an, orga an organic product, they can just slap it in with their natural flavors and they don't have to list out that they're, they have, you know, this chemical mono blah, 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 like hard yeah. to pronounce chemical. They hide it, slap it behind the, the, the word natural flavors because natural flavors is protected by trade secrets. And there can be upwards of 100 chemicals behind that name. Oh my gosh. So I personally, I don't, I don't care for natural flavors because they're not transparent, but if you do see them on a product that you love, I encourage you to, to reach out to the manufacturer and say, Hey, what is the source of this? And yeah. they might reply. They might not. If they don't reply, maybe they're hiding something. Yeah. So would you prefer say in a product, it has organic cane sugar versus like a natural flavor would you prefer something like that or is even organic cane sugar sketchy or is it like because I don't even know I would love to hear your view on it yeah I mean I I think it is a it's stuff everything is a personal preference right but from a toxicity perspective from my health coaching and nutrition background I would go organic cane sugar all day long um, over natural flavors because I know what organic cane sugar is. Right. I know what that process looks like. It's simple. It's from nature. Yes, it's still sugar, but I would much rather have real sugar than not know what the heck I'm consuming. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what this lifestyle looks for you in an accessible way. What are you incorporating on a daily basis that you feel is helping to lower your toxins? And then also, what are you indulging in or find balance or find balance with so that you can live a life that you want to lead? Um, and so whether that's like, how do you think about trying new restaurants or when you decide mm. to have the alcohol or uh, just like participating with your friends and 
having that thing that you may not you may know may have some extra toxins in so like when how do you find balance with this type of lifestyle yeah um so first part of your question was easy steps for non-toxic living i'll quick rifle off a few from the get-go and i like to remind people like certain I'm shifting into putting on my health coaching hat right here but I like encouraging people to start with the basics and think okay am I getting quality sleep if I'm not getting quality sleep how can I optimize my quality sleep because sleep affects you know your detoxification your health your energy everything Um, and then number two is looking at your, the water you're drinking because water can be one of our biggest, um, sources of heavy metals, neurotoxins, pesticides. Is a Brita, is a Brita enough or is that not, is that not enough? Cause that's what I use. Um, so I really like, there are some, some better brands out there that filter out more, chemicals. Okay. Um, and fluoride is definitely important to filter out. So I don't think the Brita filters out um, fluoride. It's not as strong. I'm not going to say like, shame on you. That's not good enough. But there, but for like a solution on a different picture to look into, if you want to upgrade, um, which I would advocate for is the Therasage picture. Okay. And there's another one called Clearly Filtered. And both of those have done excessive third-party testing for, I think, hundreds of different chemicals. And they actually publish their results. So you're able to see that their filters truly do filter out water. Um, I also love that there's this company called Mountain Valley Spring. They make like the green glass bottle. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. They're like the best. So I have them on a subscription for, I get like the big water cooler thing and it's in glass, which is nice. Um, so like checking your water is really good. And then three, I mean, just making sure you're sweating and moving because sweat is a detox pathway there. There was a period in my life where I couldn't sweat. Mm. which I'm like, oh, like I'm so feminine. Like I'm not sweating and whatever, but just because you didn't want to sweat or no, because my body, because actually my body was too toxic. Like you're in it and it happens to a lot of people where if you're not sweating enough, that pathway may be blocked. And when I say pathway, I mean detoxification, like drainage pathway, way for toxins to get out. So toxins get out through uh, urine, um, poop, and sweat. And they can also be tracked in blood, but we're not like leaching out blood or anything. So sweating daily is great. Epsom salt baths, exercising, maybe throwing on some sweatshirts. (laughs) I mean, Does that really work? Sweating? Like putting on – when I see people at the gym with like a full-blown like sweatshirt, sweatpants situation. If it's, it's going to make you sweat more, that counts. Okay. Or sitting outside on a sunny, hot day. I mean, be careful, people. Like please don't overheat yourself. I know you're in Texas, so yeah. you got to be super really careful. Hot. I'm sure you just go outside and it's easy. But like being in the Midwest, you got to get creative with sweating. So um, yeah, getting to the basics. And then if you're switching out products too, like – baby steps. 
don't throw out all your products at once. Upgrade as you run out. If you're running out of your, um, let's say, crust toothpaste, maybe you want to upgrade it for a fluoride-free, chemical-free option like a Risewell. Um, and then the, like the third piece there is prior prioritize your bedroom. So if you're excited about maybe purchasing some non-toxic products, like bigger items, start in the bedroom because we spend a third of our life in the bedroom. And so do you mean like the sheets that you're using and things like that and like the air purifier? Like what do you mean in the bedroom specifically? It it could be anything. I I mean, all of the above are great. If you could start with your sheets, that's fantastic. If you could start with getting an air purifier and keeping it in there, that's fantastic. Also, dusting twice a week and vacuuming is massive and that's free. Yeah. because the toxins, um, they actually settle in dust and then mold. That's a separate toxin. It, it, dust is mold's food. Yeah. So the more you can reduce dust is, is good. So to kind of wrap this up, I'd love to hear some of your favorite brands. I'm like a total brand snob. Yeah. And so across multiple categories for like cleaning products, snack brands, um, you know, kind of like either clothes or sheets. Okay. Um, Anything that you want to give like a shout out to that people can kind of take away as uh, inspiration. And then also, what are your biggest tips for people self-sourcing a quality brand? And I know you've talked about like organic cotton versus conventional cotton. Is organic always a really good term to look for and that you know what it actually is or maybe some just like uh kind of like hear from you what yeah what are the words you're looking for sourcing tips i like that okay so for products this is also going to be fun um all this has been fun but shouting out products is is a fun thing because i've vetted things over the past how many years almost yeah you've done the research yeah years and years i've tried different things and there's a lot of greenwashing that goes on which is like shady marketing that makes people think something's healthy and sustainable so for cleaning number one favorite product ever is branch basics i love branch basics 100 percent branch basics so versatile it's clean like you can wash a baby with it but you can wash your pots and pans with it too you can wash your tub with it it's amazing um for snacks I love myself a good snack. I really, really have been loving Lovebird. And they recently received the Purity Award, which is from the Clean Label Project, which tests um, a variety of different brands against 200 plus contaminants and then finds the brands that have the best results, the lowest tox profiles. And Lovebird has won one of those. And... Serenity Kids, which is wait, what, what is, what is Love Burn? Oh, sorry, it's a cereal. No, it's okay. It's okay. A cereal that's made out of just a, a few ingredients and free of all the things, and it's really okay. delicious too. Serenity Kids also won that award. It's a baby food. I've yeah. never consumed it, but my um, nieces and nephews love that brand. Um, trying to think supernola that's a granola brand that i i like as well that's very clean i recently tried noms oh my gosh i need to stop with the snacks i'm gonna just keep going but do you have any do you have any dog food 
Dog food. I or snacks or treats. No, or maybe I you can do don't. some research. I should. You know what? That's a great idea. I could do something on like non-toxic well, like dog stuff. It's so interesting because as I've been going through the whole dog puppy process and like buying all these things. Yeah, and congrats. You, oh, thank you. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because you look at the ingredients for some of this stuff and I'm like why are they putting sugar in this like like why are they putting sugar in this treat when it could literally just be kind of freeze dried chicken or mm-hmm. whatever it is mm-hmm. and i know it's because this the same thing that they do with food for us where they don't want to put the whole thing because it's cheaper to add sugar and it's going to taste a little bit better and it's like more addictive but it you is buy more yeah it's just like really interesting that i'm like this doesn't need it i don't get mm-hmm. it yeah that's so. i I don't have any answers there, but I would be excited to do some research and even maybe put out a podcast episode about that because I know there's tons of dog lovers out there. Totally. Um, for clothes, I really like do uh, getting clothes that have natural fibers as much as possible, but you know, I still wear a lot of athletic clothes are hard to find, um, so I still wear like quote unquote. Let's just say. Uh, synthetic fibers, but for natural fiber clothes, I like the brand Packed, okay. and Mate the label, and then oh, I actually got some sweats from Mate. Cute, yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, so I love those brands, and then I recently found this like I love finding the really elevated clothing brands because I felt like that's something that is really lacking in like natural fiber clothing, mm-hmm. as it's kind of like had this frumpy vibe for so many years. So with being in this bridal world, as you just were, um, I've been looking for options that are really sophisticated, but also made from natural fibers. And I came across this brand. It's called NDS The Label, NDS The Label. And their stuff is to die for beautiful, like absolutely stunning and oh my gosh I wasn't even looking for non-toxic clothing at the time because you know here's balance like this is bridal I don't really care that much this is a special occasion but it was an added bonus I clicked details and like product composition and it all of their things said silk and wool wow but like they didn't look like a big wool sweater or something they were like these really chic beautiful pieces so NDS the label is on my radar right now just with all the bridal shopping I've been doing. And then for sheets, I would say Pact, again, is a great one. If you want something more elevated, little more luxurious, Kayuchi. C-O-Y-U-C-H-I. Hard to pronounce, but they have really luxurious um, home pieces. And then just like some other random brands for maybe like personal care products. I have been a sucker for Clear Stem skincare mm-hmm. and Earthly Wellness, which okay. has a wide range of different products. So those are some brands. If there's one other category you're wondering about, happy to no, I love share that. another rack. I think it's good to like shout out a couple of brands that like you feel like you've already gone and looked at and and done research and um obviously as I we kind of talked about like it is all about balance it's not like oh you should go and switch these out 
all immediately. It's like if you want to take some steps as you run out of things, maybe go in and try one of the other brands and see if you um, like the experience and it's something that you do want to invest in. Because the trade-off for all of this, too, is investing in your health, and it is going to cost more money because it is better for you. It's like anything. Healthier food is going to be more expensive than cheaper and more processed food. And so, like, what do you want to invest in that you feel like is going to make that difference? So Absolutely. So it's like a what, Roth. It's like a Roth IRA, though. The earlier you start, the better it gets later. There on. you go. I love <laughs> that analogy. I love that. Um, okay, Heidi, tell us where people can learn more about the lifestyle that you're trying to promote and all of like your tips and everything and podcast. Yeah, definitely. So I have a podcast that Tori was recently on. It's called yes. Lifelong Podcast, and it's available on all streaming platforms, but I really am on a mission to make non-toxic living easy and accessible for all because it can be super overwhelming. So subscribe there, but you can also find me on Instagram at Holistic with Heidi. And then I have my podcast account too, which is at lifelong underscore pod. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. As you know, I am not a specialist and I am not trained to give advice whatsoever. These are just my own personal thoughts and conversations. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate or review the show. If you can, it helps so, so much. And feel free to find me on social channels, Host by Tori, and my website, www.hostbytori.com. See ya!